Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back to another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And I'm elated today to have one of my best friends in education uh, on the pod, Tara M. Martin. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit today about really just kind of framing for coaches the present moment, thinking about working with teachers who are coming fresh out of a remote setting and gearing up for the fall that is going to pose a, a myriad of challenges and how uh, we as people who are leading teachers and working with teachers um, might go about that work. And, and Tara, I know this really kind of has some overlap, strong overlap with the things that you're invested in and your message. Uh, and so for people that aren't familiar with your work, if you kind of share a little bit about some of the things that you've had a chance to advocate for in education and, and your history too, as a coach and, and in supporting coaches. So uh, Tara, welcome to the podcast. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Andrew. Always fun to talk to you, buddy, and uh, going to talk shop about education, things that we love, of course. Um, so I am Tara Martin. I started out this educational journey in the elementary classroom. I spent several years there and then moved right into instructional coaching. I, at first, I was an instructional coach for math instruction only, which was an interesting role in our district back then. And so I got really great at standards-based grading, and I just helped push a lot of those types of things forward in our district of 27 schools. We had a nice big district, and I loved instructional coaching so much. I actually moved into my hometown district and became a district-level instructional coach, where I worked with coaches in all of our 14 elementary schools and really just kind of focused on solid instruction. So one of the things that was my role then was just working alongside our novice coaches. That was particularly my role. So I got to work with teachers too, but I got to work a lot with novice coaches and uh, helping them to integrate technology and have super stellar pedagogy. So we didn't separate tech coaches and instructional coaches. We were just instructional coaches and tech was every bit a part of what we did. So I loved that role and stayed in that role for quite a while. And then I was offered a very an amazing role of a district administrator where I became the curriculum coordinator for a smaller district outside of my hometown. And what that involved was not only working in the areas of all levels of curriculum, but also we started a coaching program from the ground up. Coaching just kind of follows me. And I got to be the supervisor and the mentor of our 10 coaches that we put one coach in every single school. We had 10 schools, including our one middle school and our one high school. And so I got to see what it was like to build a coaching program from the ground up and get to explore like what worked well for me and all those years of coaching and then what were some of the challenges and we got to just kind of set the stage for success in the areas of coaching. So I really love that. I'm now in a role of, uh, I get to work with authors every single day and it's a beautiful job, but I am the director of PR and communications, very different from all these roles that I've been in. However, what has always followed me is coaching. I get to coach and mentor authors as they are 
putting their work out into the world to share with other educators. And it's just a beautiful role. It's something that is very near and dear to my heart. As much as teaching, I love coaching. Well, and I'm grateful because uh, our collaboration and, and friendship has really spanned a number of those roles. And so mm -hmm. I've had an opportunity to really uh, just understand that, well, you say that people continue to put you in a coaching position. One is because you're good at it. And I think that part of what makes you great in that capacity is your um, relatability, right? And so that you really value being authentic and putting relationships first. And I think it's really important to understand that at the present moment, that's, that's challenging, I think, as, uh, as a coach, because we all kind of have our own emotional things that are going on in, in our respective lives under the present circumstances. And we could fill the podcast probably naming all the things that are going on at, at, at this moment. Uh, but then also when you consider that the teachers uh, that we're working with are also bringing a lot of those same things from their respective lives. And so uh, it, it is challenging. And so could you talk a little bit about your message with regards to being real and kind of where that maybe fits into this present moment as we as educators are looking to be sensitive to those things and, and to our own needs and, and really keeping relationships at the forefront of our work? Well, that is one thing um, someone asked me yesterday for advice from a coaching standpoint in this type of setting. And I said, my advice would be the same as it was when it was real life, when we were face to face. And that is just for the first several months, it's relationships, relationships, relationships. And I, I can't emphasize that enough because I feel so firmly that re building relationships, just like we did in the classroom with our students, we must as teachers and as instructional coaches be able to do that with those that we serve, no matter who they are, because you have to go slow to go fast. It's just kind of, it's part of being a human. So it brings me right to being real. You know, being real is my message. It's, uh, it's an acronym. So the R is relatable, the E exposed vulnerability, the A approachable, and the L, learning through life. And if you think about those four things, those are the things that it, I don't care what amazing piece of technology comes out. I don't think artificial intelligence will ever truly replace every human individual's relatability, their vulnerability, their past experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly their approachability, their talents, their strengths, those things that they just naturally have because they're born with it, because they fostered it, because it's something that's part of their personality and the ability to learn through life and to be able to take all those things, all those things that life has handed us and to make something beautiful of it and become the leader, the educator, the whomever you're supposed to be. I don't think a piece of technology could ever truly replicate all of that for every single human being in this world. I just, I, I, if it happens, I will stand corrected. But at this moment, I don't think it will ever happen. So I feel like being real is the secret sauce. It is the secret sauce to living your best life. It's the secret sauce to empowering others to embrace their individualities and to be that that they were supposed to be. And it doesn't matter if people are face-to-face -face or on the computer or in a Zoom meeting, it's imperative that we allow them to show their realness. 
And so it means as educators, we have to be super intentional about providing those opportunities. And that can be very challenging. So I think as a coach, one of the things I did with my coaches that I got to serve as their supervisor and their mentor was modeling. I would model for them what I wanted to see them doing with teachers and then teachers with students. And so we need to model those kinds of things. And one of like, so one example would just be questions that we ask at the onset of meetings. Like, are we giving those that are receiving our instruction the opportunity to share from a, a real place, not a one right answer, but a real place. Like, how are you feeling about this character? What are you thinking? I'm a huge fan of book snaps, obviously. <laughs> if you've never heard of book snaps, uh, we'll let Andrew link it at the bottom, but it's basically a digital visual representation of your learning. What I love about book snaps is there is no parameter on how you must do it. It's not circle all the adjectives or tell me what the setting is, but it is snap a picture of a piece of learning. Like this can work with books. It can work with science snaps, math snaps. It doesn't matter what kind of learning you're doing. I want the students to snap a picture and they're using some digital tool. I started it with Snapchat. It works with any app. It works with Google Slides. It works with Google Drawing. It works with any kind of picture app. But basically you're taking a picture of something that you're learning, but then you're allowing them to use a language that they love, which is bitmojis, emojis, images, to express their thinking. And then you allow them to use that text feature, we know kids love to text, to explain why they're thinking that with their learning. This is a wonderful, real strategy that you could easily use in a Zoom type setting and peek into the minds of all of your learners because none of them are gonna say the exact same thing because we're not giving them a formula. We're giving them an opportunity to share what is happening and how they are relating to the content. And they get to bring all of their realness, right? They get to bring all their talents, their strengths, their struggles, their, their maybe misfortunes. They get to bring all that to the content and they get to share it with you. And anytime we're providing those types of opportunities for kids to be able to share with their teacher their real self, we are helping empower them to embrace this idea of being real and not being ashamed of it, but embracing it. And so, yes, technology can make it a little hard because we can't see body language. It's really hard to um, recognize and to survey the room and be like, oh, they're not liking this or they really like this. But we can be intentional and provide these opportunities that involve tech because let's face it, our learners love tech and allow them to share who they really are behind that technology. We need to be able to see the person behind it. And I couldn't agree more because, and that's something that I see coming up in the different threads that I'm following or conversations that I'm in through social media or, or even through Zoom, uh, is that there are teachers right now who are seeking out tech tools to help them be, I think, just a little bit more effective and efficient in an uh, online space makes sense definitely look to do that and there are resources out there that would help but to look to that tech or that tool to be the only to be the solution <laughs> in and of itself as in if i just plug and play with this all of a sudden we're going to thrive in a remote environment um that's not the case and in the same way that you took book snaps you said hey here's this tool that does this thing 
for a social media purpose that does bring about engagement and that my learners are into. Um, how then can you leverage that in a new context or, or how, how can you yeah, apply the principles that that is using in, in some other area to your grade level and your specific learner population? That part's fantastic. Want to advocate for that. And I also heard in your response there as well, this idea of we just have to make space for people to be real. Mm-hmm. And I found that uh, this year in, in, as a classroom teacher myself with regards to just being intentional about saying, yes, there are certain pieces of curriculum that we're trying to cover, but how can I just ask people questions along the lines of how they're doing? What challenges are they facing right now? And questions of that, that sort, uh, the more it can be integrated with what you're doing, the better, right? If there's opportunities to do that. But uh, I, I love those two pieces of what you're, what you're sharing there. And do you have kind of maybe another example or where does that kind of hit your brain as far as um, those topics? No, totally. And there's a ton of these real strategies on my website too. If you go to TaraMMartin.com, you go to resources, you can look in the teacher resources. You can also look at leadership and coaching resources. There's a ton of resources in both those areas that can easily be relate to remote learning or face-to-face learning. It doesn't matter. But one of the things I would advocate for that you were you were just talking about, and it just led me to a very easy thing to do. And I know people say easy and you're like, shut up, that isn't easy. But this is actually easy. <laughs> it's just leading with humble inquiry. So no matter what, as a coach, when I walked into a classroom to talk to a teacher, I led with humble inquiry. It was something I learned as a very at, at the very early stages of coaching to one, validate who they are. So, you know, oh my goodness, I'm so excited that you're here today and you're killing it with the kids. Like, I'm so excited to be here. But then tell me, like, what's on your mind? What are you thinking? It could be so open. I know Facebook asks, what are you thinking? That's kind of scary sometimes, but it's actually a really good humble inquiry question to ask people because you're not looking for one right answer. I'm also not expecting them to want to work on exactly what I think they should or what I think I saw during the lesson, but I'm just asking them like, what are you thinking? What did you think about the lesson that just happened? Tell me. Tell me more about it. But if you leave it really open, you don't even put the lesson on it. People have the opportunity to share with you personally or professionally how they're feeling. And I think that helps us as a coach and as an administrator, as a teacher, to get down to the heart of maybe some behaviors that were happening, maybe some misconduct that was happening, maybe the lesson kind of fell apart and couldn't really tell it looked like a good lesson it looked solid everything looked like it should have gone well but maybe in their personal life things are kind of falling apart they got a flat tire on the way to, to work i've had so many people tell me different things when i just say hey so what's on your mind today what are what's going on tell me talk to me and they're just like had a flat tire on the way to work this just blew up on my face like i don't know what's going and i'm like okay let's get down to because it's usually like this big huge thing right or a laundry list of a lot of things that are bothering people and so when you get down to the heart of it you can usually figure out kind of patch up the problem help them to patch up that personal problem then we can move right into like whatever it is we were working on when it comes to instruction or content i i really just think that's a great strategy for dealing with people allowing them the opportunity to just share what's happening 
And then we did that and we got on this call. We just talked a little bit about current reality, you know, finding out people's current reality and then moving from there. Because a lot of times just knowing that will help you to know how hard to push or how hard to hold their hand along the way. Like, are we going to push them to Cannonball in or am I going to hold their hand? We're going to jump in together or are we just not going to even jump in the water today? Like, you know, you just kind of get that feel. But if you don't take time to find out that current reality of those that you serve, oftentimes we're pushing them to levels that's only causing more anxiety, more stress, more weight. And I, I just think that's an easy strategy that we can easily implement. And it, you might be saying, okay, I have a thousand kids, you know, a hundred kids. <laughs> I don't have time to ask them all those things. Well, they can respond in the comments or they can always respond in a different way. You don't have to have them respond out in the middle of class. There's a min million different opportunities to respond with these apps that uh, Andrew was mentioning earlier. And so just find a different way, an outlet for them to share. This past year in my own classroom, started to use Flipgrid more than I had previously because of the update that came through last summer. I know they just had their launch party for their new round of updates recently and that some of my peers online were pretty excited about. Uh, but uh, that, that would be a, a tremendous space because I've seen it in person and you could certainly do that in a remote setting is allow students to just share in a video and ask and answer some of those questions. We in class started to do a weekly thing that we called our love and our learn. And so what did you love about this week and what did you learn this week? And it certainly does not even have to be anything uh, that pertained to class. And at first, as you can imagine with high schoolers, <laughs> they were all a little apprehensive. We got some kind of shallow answers, but over time, to your point, Tara, is that people are looking for people to listen and to feel that connection and to feel understood. And uh, I think in a remote setting, well, particularly, the, I continually refer to it as the emergency remote setting we were in <laughs> in the spring. Uh, it was just tough because we were so concerned with just providing adequate support online that we didn't necessarily always stop to think about those things until maybe May. I felt like educators did start to shift after a little bit and realizing the need for that piece. But uh, you know, significant learning happens with a significant relationship. And, and so making the time to make that space for that in the classroom is important and also with teachers. And so um, to reference my school year again this year, I had a student teacher who was with me for the duration of the year. And it was the first time that I've gotten an opportunity to do that uh, in my time in the profession. And the questions that come up are ones that you kind of forget about, I think, having taught for over a decade and some of the ways in which another individual sees the profession, I think, is just a, a cool dialogue to be a part of. And so I have concern for that population of new to the profession teachers um, who are trying to figure out how to be effective <laughs> in working with kids, period. And then they're going to face all of these challenges that are coming up. Um, I'm actually leading a session and it's worth in our podcast here in state saying with uh, Duran Avey from the Department of Education on getting new teachers acclimated to the profession. We'll be doing that during admin days here at the end of this month. Uh, and so what would you say, I guess, to coaches and to administrators, uh, particularly thinking about those new to the profession educators and how we can just really make sure that they have what they can have to be as successful as they're able to be during, uh, during this upcoming time. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting because, you know, I talked a little bit earlier, I was talking about the Real Talk Treasures, Humble Inquiries, the second one. But this makes me think of the third Real Talk Treasure, which is, um, and by the way, Humble Inquiry was inspired by Edgar Schwen. I think is how you say his last name. He wrote a book called Humble Inquiry. 
So it's, it's definitely what made me think of that term. So anyways, I just wanted to shout him out. But the third one is listening to learn. And I think this is key for us as trainers of new teachers is listening to learn from them, listening to learn what it is that they think they need. Because the truth of the matter is they're coming into this and having never done it before, they might actually crush it because they don't have to unlearn one way of doing things, right? They've learned in college, but let's be honest, how much um, are we prepared for the real classroom when we go to college? I mean, I think they try to do the best they can, but when we get there, it's like, oh crap, what did I get myself into? And so they're gonna have that feeling uh, in face-to-face -face or in a remote learning setting. So I think listening for us as administrators, listening to learn, like what is it that they're saying is working or not working? And then do they have some really stellar ideas for making this work better? Because they are coming at it with such a fresh set of eyes. And for the first time trying to figure out how to get their class up and going, I just have a feeling and I have a lot of hope in our new teachers that they may they may be able to help us and we may be able to listen and learn from them instead of always trying to make them fit our mold. Keep in mind, we've been molded a one way of teaching for a long, a long time. And so I just feel like maybe not having so much judgment when they're speaking and when they're sharing like their experiences and thinking, okay, I think we could take that and mix it with a little bit of pedagogy that I'm really great at and let's just put those two together. We might have a, a dream team here. So I'm a little opposite when it comes to thinking about the newbies coming in. It kind of reminds me of, um, I follow this one lady on Instagram and she just had four babies. This is the quadruplets. And you know, if you have one baby, you know what that's like, one baby at a time. But if you've only ever had four at one time, like, she's killing it and, and she doesn't know another way to do it, right? <laughs> because right. that's all she knows. And so these new teachers coming in, they could have that same mentality. They just rise to the occasion because it is what's presented to them. I think it would be wise of us to listen, to learn from them, but also to help them along the way as well. So um, also I, I always believe in providing some type of accountability, you know, as we are brainstorming and we're coming up with these ideas together as coach and teacher, coach and novice teacher, especially, you know, checking back with them and making sure that things did go as planned. And when it does, we need to figure out some way for all the administrators listening to openly exalt these brand new teachers that are coming up with these cool ideas and these coaches that are right alongside them pushing them to reach new heights with their students. So there, that's a big piece of the Real Talk treasures and I kind of walked you through them really fast, but I think that's key. Yes, listen to learn, provide accountability, help them along the way. Of course, some collaboration brainstorming happening, but when things are super successful, let's be sure to celebrate them openly so everybody, some people don't like open exaltation, but a lot of people do. So knowing your audience, of course, but sharing out those awesome things that are happening so everybody can try them. Uh, and I think that celebration piece is difficult even in the most ordinary and normal of times because mm -hmm. our lives are busy and we get sort of tunnel vision on the things that we're trying to manage and to take care of. 
uh, and to even take a moment to take a breath for yourself <laughs> and realize how far you've come. And, and I think that with the, the myriad of challenges and my heart goes out to our administrators who are coming up with plans that are certainly going to need to flex at some point if uh, you know, we could kind of make that assumption here. Uh, that there's a lot on your plate, but I really appreciate what you said there, Tara, and that there still needs to be the opportunity for staff to be recognized, for staff to feel appreciated, for staff when things do go well, um, to see that amongst their ranks as much as it is even for the individual, right? I mean, it's fun to watch your peer down the hall get those good vibes. And so to the degree that we can use things like Zoom or Meet, I think that there's going to be a need for, this is kind of the transition to this point, like teacher communities almost uh, in a way that I think maybe naturally forms, I would imagine would naturally form a little bit easier when things are normal versus what they might be. You know, we're gonna have some schools that go back and, and maybe see something very familiar to what we left, but you might have some that go remote right from the start um, or within the first few weeks back. And, and if that's the case, how can we support new teachers by allowing them to have some sort of connection with other people in the building to ask those informal questions, the, the things that get answered as you're walking to the copier uh, mm -hmm. or sitting at a lunch table. Um, if you're not necessarily able to have those, those types of interactions, I think is important. Um, so celebrating them and supporting them. Yeah, really, really big, big steps. Gosh, 30 minutes goes by so fast. We're getting really close here to the end of our conversation. So Tara, I'm, I'm gonna kind of transition uh, thanks so much for being on the show here, but I will ask kind of a final question just to see um, what have you been kind of thinking about or what, what message would you like to leave people that are listening in, coaches or people supporting coaches uh, in uh, what is sure to be an a interesting fall semester and, and 2020-2021 school year? Yeah, I would just say don't forget who you are and all the wonderful things that you're capable of doing. And then also remember that all of these new teachers, new instructors, or just your colleagues that are coming back, they have also experienced a lot during this global pandemic and recognizing all of that. They've learned a lot too. So harnessing some of those new things that they've learned, helping them to implement those into their instructional practices. And just remembering that, you know, we're not, as coaches, we're not the keepers of the knowledge. We are someone who helps and cheers someone on and gives them feedback and gives them pointers and like a real coach out on the out on the game. You know, like I'm very into fitness. I have a coach right now and I love that he gives me very specific feedback, but he lets me go through some of that productive struggle to get to that next PR. And I think that's what we need to do for teachers. That's what we need to do for educators. That's not what we need to do for our own selves as well. We need to have someone that kind of pushes us a little bit, gives us feedback a little bit, recognizes our amazing talents that we already possess, and then allows us to struggle a bit until we get to this new level. I think we need to do that more with students. We need to do that more as coaches and administrators as well. So that's just kind of one of my things, just stay real, stay relatable, expose a little vulnerability, stay approachable and learning through life. And then the recipient of that, like if you stay real and those that are within your realm of influence feel that, they feel connected to you, they feel you're relatable, they feel you're approachable, they're going to start to be able to go through this productive struggle and recognize that you are going to be right there to catch them if they fall, but you're going to allow them also to be exalted when they crush it, because that's really the exciting part about being a coach. 
much. You're kind of in the back seat and you get to see a lot of really awesome stuff, but you're really highlighting and amplifying the awesome work that's happening all around you. And we might end on that note. I'm going to throw out though this, you made me think of this movie I actually was watching last night with my kiddos because you talked about like a real coach, like in terms of yeah. like athletics or the things that we kind of think uh, of uh, that term being associated with a little bit more. And we were watching a movie yesterday uh, and it just, it almost brought me to tears in the movie. There was a coach and their athlete, which was a young girl in this particular film, my daughter who's nine was just enamored with it. This young girl ran into the restroom and when the coach went in and asked her what was wrong, she was um, crying and kind of distraught and just said, I, I just wanted to know that I could be really good at something. <laughs> and that for her, that young girl in the movie, that whole sense of purpose that she found was in this thing that she wasn't necessarily being successful at, at that given point in time. And it really made me think about educators because that's where my brain's at all the time, but how frustrating and demoralizing it probably was at times to be in that remote setting in the spring because it is what we're good at. It is what we were born to do. It is where our heart lies and the things that we are passionate about feed, just like me watching a movie with my kids still relates to that lens <laughs> and the importance of a coach in that movie, but to your message for sure, in, in this setting, uh, to be there, to pick that person up off the bathroom floor <laughs> and to, to support them through constructive feedback and being their cheerleader uh, just could not, it's so imperative. It is so imperative. I'll throw it back to you one more time because I sort of, sort of did a little aside there, but it mattered a lot to me. And so I wanted to share no. that. No, I think it's perfect. It reminds me of a blog I wrote once I called it um, be the mirror mirror holder. That's a hard word for me to say, mirror holder. And I think what I was saying was a lot of times we see the awesome talent, strengths, unique abilities, ways that some teachers can connect to kids that no other teacher seems to be able to connect with. We can see that a lot of times on the outside looking in, but I think sometimes the teacher themselves has their inner critic just beating them up especially in this remote setting, like things didn't seem to go well. You're like wondering if anybody's even doing the work. It just felt so awkward, but reminding us as coaches to be that mirror holder. And that means just turning the mirror around, letting that teacher see them, their own reflection, but then I'm going to tell them what I see. I want them to look at themselves and I want to be able to tell them what I see. I see this. I see this. And I see your talents. I see the way that you connect to this kid like no one else has ever been able to connect to them. I see these things. Like you have this. And we are so grateful that you're a part of this team because our puzzle would not be complete without your piece. And so I think as coaches, it's really important for us to look to the, uh, a lot of times I feel like as administrators, a lot of times they have to look for the things that need to be fixed, <laughs> but I would recommend them as well to start highlighting the good because there is something empowering about knowing that you have these things. It makes you want to do better. It makes you want to keep playing to those strengths and and showing up every single day. So I, I would just advise coaches, administrators, and teachers, like we need to do that for our kids, be the mirror holder for them. Oh, I could not agree more. I love all of that. I'm so glad we did this little run here at the end because we're titling the episode that I'm just calling it right now. Be the mirror, <laughs> being the mirror holder. 
with Tara Martin. Uh, thank you so much for sharing that idea, for all the ideas that you've shared over the course of the pod today. If people want to continue to learn more from you and follow uh, your journey through education, where can they do that? So totally, uh, my website is probably your best place for resources. Go to Tara M. Martin. There's two M's. I know it's strange. TaraMMartin.com. And just go to resources. If you are a learning coach, check out the learning coach, leadership and coaching over on the left-hand side. A few of the ones that we talked about today, including the Real Talk Treasures is over there, along with a treasure map and all kinds of ways to help you get started in that area. But if you want to follow me on social media, on Twitter, I'm Tara Martin EDU. On Instagram, Tara M. Martin. Real. You'll get a lot of fitness there. So if you don't like that, you don't have to follow me. Um, and on Facebook, I'm Tara M. Martin. Also have a new Facebook page that's for educators specifically, and it's called Real Talk with Tara M. Martin. And that breadth of resources there, it just speaks to the heart that Tara has to try to have an impact, a positive impact on a number of different fronts. And um, that's one of the reasons why we're, we're good friends. I just really appreciate how authentic she is and that she really just kind of wakes up every day to go about trying to make everybody's life a little bit better. And so thanks for doing that in small part in this podcast and across all those uh, things that you're invested in, friend, and um, look forward to sharing out our conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really honored. Thank you.